Picture this. It's sometime during COVID lockdown. I'm going back and forth between watching another Netflix documentary and writing another screenplay that despite the urge for companies to buy up ideas at the time, probably still won't sell to anybody. I scour Apple Podcasts and come across a show called Something Ghoulish. It's a genre film show that kind of is my bag. It's hosted by a guy named Anthony Darrington, who ends up being local to me. Unfortunately, Something Ghoulish seemed to have run its course, so I make it a point to make sure to keep Anthony on my radar for any of his future endeavors. It just so happens on January 1st, he launched a new entertainment website called Phaser. That's P-H-A-S-R. Its tagline, more than a subculture, reigns true. I'll let Anthony explain more as he joins me on the show today. And while you're listening to this episode, be sure to check out the website, phasermedia.com. Link to that is in the show notes of this episode. Now, on to the interview with Anthony Darrington. Welcome to The Basement. Okay, so today on The Basement, I have a guest whose work kind of got me through COVID a little bit and the pandemic. Uh, I stumbled upon some of his um, his older uh, podcasts that he ran through his entertainment website, and now he's got something new that he just launched that I wanted to get him on and just pick his brain about, and he seems like quite the uh, startup in the pop culture website, entertainment website world. I have Anthony Darrington on the basement today. What's up, man? How are you? Hey, Tyler. What's going on, brother? Thanks for having me on. Thank you for coming on. Uh, This is a real treat. I mean, I'm not kidding. I stumbled across some of your work, some of your audio platform work. I want to say like height of pandemic, I think, because I was just binging so much horror movies and whatnot and and (laughs) all this stuff that I just... I don't know. I needed to listen to, you know, horror podcasts and whatnot, but um, real quick, just to get things going, I say real quick and it turns into like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, but um, <laughs> name of the game. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I was just checking your Instagram. You were at uh, the room screening up in Jacksonville. Was that? Yeah, I was there about a week or two ago. Um, so Greg Sestero, he was doing like a, um, like a small screening of his new film that he directed. It's his directorial debut. And then he did a double feature with uh, The Room. Nice. Yeah. That, um, yeah, he's been like all over Florida literally in the past mm-hmm. two months because he played the, uh, it played at the Enzian back in November, yeah. I think. And I screwed up at getting tickets at that. And then I think last week <laughs> I was, I was like set on going because I have a friend back up north who went and met him and got his autograph and then pitched him Mm -hmm. to be in his movie. And I think he's still waiting to hear back, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then he, uh, I think he just played the Polk theater over in Lakeland. Yeah. I I saw that too. Yeah. He was like touring, touring all over the state. So yeah, uh, I, I think he's getting plenty of Florida love. Yeah. And you are born and raised. Yeah. I was uh I was born in Winter Park um and I live on kind of like a subset outside of like the main Orlando area. So talk about uh I mean like I I think Orlando is 
I mean, I'm from the Northeast. I've been down here, Jesus Christ, going on seven years this July. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think I'd be down here for this <laughs> long. But like, but I I've always admired like the city of Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a friend come on and say, if Florida goes below sea level, at least keep Orlando above it because it's such a cool, like artsy city. Like, mm-hmm. do you do you do you like it? Do you like the area? Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think as I was younger, I definitely had kind of a love-hate thing with it. And I still do in a lot of ways. Um, but if Orlando is anything, it's a it's a city of perseverance. Um, it's gone through so much um with you know everything with pulse and um some of the shootings down south um it, it's a community that's been built by hardship um but it's never slowed any of them down back in the day uh for a short bit i i did some booking uh for bands in in orlando um and that was a wonderful opportunity to just you get to meet people on a personal level and where they're at and have those conversations and, and realize like people in this city are just out there getting it and making making the things that they want to make. And I think that's what I admire most in people is, you know, despite everything going on in the world, still making what they want to make because they believe in it. It's a pretty like artsy city. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. I would I'm 40 minutes up in Claremont. Sorry for the audience that isn't living in Florida, uh, but <laughs> there's like Claremont. Is that Disney? Where's that? At? Yeah, yeah. Like, then <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about Orlando is it kind of gets that label of the theme park city. You know, yeah, for like, sure. It's it's you know, if you're on the East Coast, you don't got to bother going to Hollywood. You can come down to Florida and go to Disney, or you can go to Universal. And mm. I feel like that sometimes ruins the city's identity a little bit. Yeah. Um, because there's just so much. I mean, like I just mentioned the Enzian Theater. I, I remember when me and my wife, I think like my sister-in-law was down for a visit, and there was um there's some movie that honestly I was low-key like wanting to see, and I didn't think my wife would be into it. And she's <laughs> I forget what it it doesn't matter anymore, but she's just like, Have you heard of the Enzian Theater? It's kind of like a pretty decent size like you know independent theater with a restaurant and everything and i was like they have something like that in orlando like i was only a year (laughs) into living here and i didn't i feel like you really kind of got to search for like these cool little you know hidden gems in the city i mean but like i said i'm up in the burbs now so (laughs) i don't (laughs) i was just actually in winter park yesterday oh nice fucking awesome city awesome city full of coffee shops and whatnot oh Fuck yeah. <laughs> and let me just add to just go off what I saw on your Instagram. Like, are you like a big coffee shop fan? Because I feel like you got like a or or, or I don't know. You seem like you go to record stores and coffee shops. Oh, yeah. I, I wish I could just do both of those things for a living. Um, I I definitely trying to support smaller shops. Um, always on the lookout for for new record stores. I I recently just um went to boss and roll records up in maitland uh so pretty close to winter park there um and leo he he's the owner there he specializes in a lot of like brazilian uh like funk and jazz and and kind of some hip-hop stuff and classic rock and i this kind of gets back into like meeting people where they're at and um 
I don't know, like coffee for me is one of those things that like people, people meet over coffee, right? You know, it's, it's like a common thing um, to start conversation and to start some type of bridge and connection between people. Um, and so, I don't know, it, it sounds like the most hipstery fucking thing in the world, but, um, I dig you it. know, like music and coffee, man, like that's where it's at. And being able to, uh, share those things with people means the world. It, yeah. Yeah. I've, um, a little bit about me, uh, cause I know we're just kind of meeting here. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I worked in film and TV for like the past like decade and now I'm just kind of doing some independent stuff like this podcast. But, um, I just, I always felt like, you know, I want to open my own coffee shop or I want to open my own brewery, which is like you said, kind of super hipstery, (laughs) but it is just a very communal thing. Plus it's kind of recession proof, I guess you could say. Oh yeah. (laughs) Times get hard. People drink more alcohol, but like, times are times are good you drink to celebrate yeah they're like you know time you know everybody enjoys a nice cup of joe i didn't honestly start drinking coffee till like six years ago but um enough about that let's kind of you kind of just seem like a if this is the wrong label you can shoot me down right here on the earth (laughs) but like you just seem like kind of a pop culture enthusiast like you just like with record stores and just based off of you know your work you've done mm-hmm. like what is your background like what kind of got you started in the things you wanted wanted to do it's such a vast question um sorry no it's okay i i'll try to figure out some type of answer this is really interesting for me too because um everything i do i'm just kind of like you know, one foot in front of the other. And I, I really don't think most people pay attention to it. So for me, this is very interesting having an outside perspective. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I've always loved movies. Um, growing up, I grew up on like, uh, like Twilight Zone, um, in a lot of like Marvel comics and stuff too. Um, love Spider-Man. Um, no way so, home, uh, man. yeah, no way home was phenomenal. I, I'll admit I audibly like screamed and clapped and I I was that asshole in the back row who like, you know, was hooting and hollering. I had to watch that in the front row by myself. Oh, I'm so sorry. All the seats were filled up and I had to be the one jackass who just looked up for (laughs) two and a half hours. It was, but I made it through it. So sorry. No, it's okay. I I mean, it's a great movie. Definitely. uh, Definitely one to see in theaters for sure. Um, so yeah, grew up on a lot of like Americana stuff. Um, and then uh, growing up with my mom, um, she was into a lot of like hip hop and stuff when I was younger. And so I, I picked that up from her in a lot of ways. Um, and then I just kind of followed that into, you know, I guess a, a lot of tracks of like rebellion. So like a lot of punk rock, a lot of post hardcore stuff. Um, I still like hip hop. I, my, I think my taste has evolved a lot and changed. Um, and then, yeah, I, I think finding a way to share my love of movies was the goal. Um, excuse me. I, I started, uh, my first YouTube channel, um, when I was like 18 with just friends and we were just kind of like, we wanted to make videos about like comic books. Um, and then it kind of evolved from there and, 
when I was in college, you know, you go through that college phase of like, you know, you're experiencing a whole new world, right? Where you're, you're educated for the first time in, in kind of this worldly way. And you, you get to have these like psychological understandings of, of concepts that you'd never heard before. So you're like, mind is blown at every little small thing. <clears throat> and, and that's kind of when, uh, something ghoulish came about. Um, so I, I wanted to take my love of horror movies specifically because I, at that time, wasn't seeing the conversations I wanted to have around that, which really wasn't the case. I just wasn't looking hard enough because there's some mad, talented people out there with crazy platforms who are well, well more versed in it than I am. Um, and as I got further into doing something ghoulish, which evolved into ghoulish media, uh, I learned that and I befriended a lot of those people. Um, it's it's a kind of short of the run answer, but um, I don't know. I, I think I'm just like an art fiend in general. Um, like I love the pop culture stuff, don't get me wrong, but I, I love getting on the personal level and seeing what people can do. Yeah. Before I go into ghoulish though, I, I just want to backpedal because um, let's just be two white boys who fell in love with hip hop <laughs> for a sec. Because like, yeah. I... I there's a lot of, I, I give credit to my older brother. I, I don't know if he even listens to the show, but cause I always talk about these action movies and these horror movies that I should mm -hmm. not have been watching when I was like, like seven years old. I <laughs> but he was a big hip hop fan. He was a typical, you know, kid from the burbs who fell in love with hip hop, at least for that mm -hmm. time in his life and kind of became a bit of a rebellious teenager. Mm -hmm. And I caught onto it too. Cause I followed him around everywhere. Like, so what kind of what 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 kind of hip hop were you into? Because <laughs> I'm like I, I caught on early. It was like mid '90s, and like my brother right. dropped me off in fifth grade to the Wu Tang Clan. And the school's <laughs> got to call my mom yeah. and be like, "Hey, uh, you know, can he maybe listen to Backstreet Boys and or something?" Like my mom's <laughs> going, "Who the fuck are you?" Uh I'll, I'll settle on boys to men. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, growing up around my mom, uh, a lot of it was like Jay-Z and Eminem at that time. Um, and so it was like the blueprint and, and stuff like that. Um, and then I think earlier through high school, I, I had my Kanye phase as so many. Everybody had a Kanye phase. <laughs> I, yeah, everybody had a Kanye phase. <laughs> everybody in the last 15 years had a Kanye phase. Um, um, and I think now I've definitely fallen for more like experimental stuff. Um, I really like what clipping is doing, um, like stuff like Frank Ocean, uh, MF Doom. Um, mm. I, I've been checking out like Piff Marty and his stuff, uh, Joey Perp. Like there's a, a whole multitude of, uh, people that I've just been cycling through. I love action Bronson. Um, he he's pretty fun. Not not necessarily experimental. I guess yeah. more so on um only for dolphins. Uh that was pretty pretty wild what he did with that. Um but yeah, I I, I definitely kind of lean towards I guess more of some of the experimental stuff and see um how people play with like the audio landscape. And it's hip hop's it's always like a competition, right? A, a lot of the time people are trying to out best, uh, you know, the, the record of the year from last year. Um, so that's always interesting to see this, uh, artists in competition all the time and, and seeing what they kind of get out of it. Yeah, no, I feel you. I, I grew up in the, uh, 
that late nineties, early two thousands phase of when Eminem hit and mm-hmm. Jay-Z kind of wasn't you know, Jay-Z's just kind of a mogul now, but when Jay-Z like oh, yeah. still felt like a rapper, mm-hmm. I mean in this day and age, I, I'd say like I kind of flock towards like Kendrick Lamar. Oh, Kendrick's I, phenomenal. I, yeah. I, I very excited like, to see what he does uh coming up. He like he's been teasing a new record. Yeah. No, I, I think there's still, I think we're in, I mean, I'm kind of like on the outside looking in because maybe it's because I'm just in my thirties now. And I do kind of feel that grouchy old man vibe from time to time. It's not what it used to be, you know, <laughs> but like, but I, I still listen to the new guys. I just don't feel like I'm, it's not that I'm not into them. I just like, I don't, mm-hmm. I can't keep, can't keep up with it. Like I used to, but yeah, guys like Kendrick are good. I mean, honestly, like sometimes if I'm driving home at midnight and Drake comes on my Pandora or Spotify, I'll be like, eh, all right. <laughs> um, but no, that that that's cool. That that that's cool. I've always been a fan of that genre of music, you know, always tried to respect it from afar. I actually even at one point was working with like a hip hop promoter back in up in Boston. I was that's cool. filming shows and kind of sitting in front of uh rappers that you know like people in hip-hop knew about but like i didn't know who the hell like fred the right. godson mm-hmm. who passed away like a couple years ago from covid unfortunately mm-hmm. um but I, I i don't know i maybe should have tried to make a career out of that but getting paid by a promoter as a videographer was kind of hard at times <laughs> anyway yeah um so let's do the jump i i want to talk to you about ghoulish media um i was just like anybody locked inside of his house during you know march 2020 through whenever the hell who's counting anymore (laughs) and and, you know i watching you know gi joe episodes on youtube because they put episodes up there to watch and i was just going through podcasts and whatnot and a lot of, and there was like a horror podcast that like completely fell to shit. I'm not going to say what it is because it's none of my business, but it was like a big one. Mm-hmm. And um, I needed like more kind of horror podcasts to listen to. And I just, you popped up in a search ghoulish, something ghoulish. And I think like, there's like two other ones that popped up in a search. And I was like, this is Anthony Darrington guy. And a couple of, you know, the supporting acts on the show. I'm like, who the fuck is this? And I think you even said on the air, you're just like, oh, I'm down in Orlando. And I was like, this guy's like down the street from me. <laughs> like, so like, I know you're telling me about the early workings of it, but just kind of talk to me. I know you're kind of love a lot of different things, but just because I've interviewed a ton of horror filmmakers that are like mm-hmm. legitimately making big movies on this show. Like, just tell me about your love for the genre. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I guess like from an early age, uh, kind of what I mentioned earlier, like uh, grew up on movies, um, loved movies, but I was definitely shown like weird stuff from like my grandparents and like my aunt. Um, I started on like old Scooby-Doo episode, school, yeah, Scooby-Doo episodes and like uh, Twilight Zone. I still watch the original Twilight Zone series. I love Rod Serling. Um, and then as I kind of got into high school, I started looking for kind of, um, I guess like the classics, like where do I even begin? And, and a lot of that was like Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my first like experimental, like weird film that I like discovered on my own was um, Riccio, the story of Ricky. Oh my. <laughs> and I watched that in like high school. 
streaming on Tubi, I think, right? <laughs> I was like, this is so nuts. And I I love it. And so a lot of a lot of it became that was like, what other weird things can we find? And and so from there I started getting into a lot of like the um Toho Godzilla stuff. Um I think like Godzilla versus Mothra and um, Ghidorah, the three-headed monster. Um, and then just kind of evolving my taste. I, I watched Chiller when that was still around. I don't know if yeah. it still is. No, it's, um, it's not, but I fucking loved that. There was so much like regional horror on there. I loved yeah. it. You would get like a golden, a golden nugget of a film every once in a while on there. Um and so I would record episodes. So when I came home from school, I would record episodes of like, um, what was it? That Freddy's Nightmare show, I think mm -hmm. that they had. So I recorded that and recorded just all tons of stuff. Um, and then as I was getting older, I started to fall into more of like, um, I, I told you I was kind of going through my college phase of like, oh, I, I want to see the world from another perspective. And I, I started following trends for, um, I guess, like smaller releases. And that kind of got me onto the A24 shtick. Mm. Um, and I, I think the thing that definitely solidified my journey as a horror movie fan was watching like The Witch and Mother when those came out. Um and seeing those and seeing people's like reaction to them. Did and you like mother? Let me just throw you on the spot. <clears throat> Cause it's I, polarizing. It's, it's wild. I don't think it's a bad movie. I like Aronofsky. Um, my, the first thing I watched from him was pie. So I, I knew of him before ever watching mother. And I was like, this is going to be nuts. Um, it was. And so, I mean, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's one of those films that, I'll, I don't put on often at all. Um, I own it on Blu-ray, but it, it, I will show someone if they have never seen it. Yeah, I saw it. I think Chris Rock tweeted about it. And I, I didn't, I, Chris Rock's never, I don't know why I just brought him into the conversation. Because, <laughs> but like, I don't know. Chris Rock was just like, have you fucking seen Mother? Like, and I was like, it's right there on Hulu. I know it's wild. And I think I had a supervisor at the time like just like Tyler have you have you seen this movie this is mm -hmm. I don't know if I like it or not this is cool we've never talked about this movie on the show before um <laughs> and I was like yeah I'll give it a watch and I I knew it was gonna be very kind of artsy it, yeah it's Darren Aronofsky like he can get kind of artsy fartsy but I'm I'm mm -hmm. still in and um those last 20 minutes man or I don't even know 30 <laughs> minutes of Jesus Christ man like I, I haven't been back <laughs> since for anybody yeah. who doesn't know what we're talking about, just go see Mother. I think it's on Hulu right now. I think it's been on Hulu mm -hmm. for like the past four years. It's but wild. Yeah. It is just, it, Kristen Wiig just shows up in there for some goddamn reason. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. it, It's one of the most wild films. And it's one of the most debated things of really what the message of the movie is. Yeah. I mean, that's an episode within itself, but. That was a great theater watch too, just to see people like recoil in yeah. like a packed theater like that's a once in a lifetime opportunity i think and and i i love that i love the communal aspect of the theater exactly for those reasons for those reasons yeah that's a valid point because i mean i'm a still a big movie theater goer and 
there's movies I've seen at home on streaming that I thought, oh my God, this in front of an audience. And I fucking didn't get to see it in front of an audience. So it's go to the, go see movies in the theaters again. It's, do it. It's, it's, it do it. It's what, <laughs> just I, do it safely. Yeah, do it. Be safe. Do it. Be safe. Wear a mask. Stay away from, you know, sit two, three seats away from someone, but I, I go do it. We, we, you know, we need movie theaters. Um, to get off mother. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what Oedipus said. <laughs> um, that's a great transition. So you got into, you know, kind of like the A24, like, you know, that's a, A24 is killing it with that genre mm. right now, especially with everything they're acquiring or producing and whatnot. And distributing, yeah. Yeah. Like, have you, have you gotten older, kind of started to, you know, you mentioned like watching like Freddy's nightmares and stuff and like, yeah, it's slasher films and whatnot are cool. But do you like seek out like more adult themed horror movies? Like a perfect example for me is like, I, I had never in, I'd never fully seen uh, this 1978 invasion of the body snatchers huh. um, in its entirety since until like six months ago. And mm-hmm. it, it shook me to my core for some reason. And I feel like I've been kind of reaching out to like stuff that's going to talk to me better and hit me more in my thirties and potentially forties, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But are you seeking out like more mature kind of horror right now? Or I don't know. sometimes um, I think things with more like complex stories or tones. It, I, I will say like sometimes watching films, you can, you can almost sit through like the first 20 minutes and see exactly how it's going to play out beat by beat. But the thing that I love is when I'm watching a movie, you're sitting there 20, 30, 40 minutes in, and you still have no idea where it's going. Um, so I, I definitely think like more complicated storytelling. I like things with a lot of tension. Um, so I, I, I would say like the shining and like green room are like, some of my favorite horror movies um just because it's wacko and tension filled and brutal and really genuinely scary um i i like that kind of stuff i i like stuff that gets weird too um there's nothing wrong with like a simple slasher but I, I think it really depends, I guess, like the flavor and, and how they handle it and what they do. So I could I can watch The Shining, but I can also enjoy sit down and watch like Street Trash just to watch like people like melt. Like that's bizarre yeah. and, and weird and just wacky. You mentioned The Shining and I think of there's everybody likes to talk about Stanley Kubrick and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And as a filmmaker, as a filmmaking god. Um, I finally, about a couple of years ago, got around to Eyes Wide Shut. Okay, and nice. that that to me like is a horror film. Oh and yeah, absolutely. That it it's a it's kind of a Christmas movie too, if you put it into a certain context, I guess. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I just think Kubrick is um, what more can you say about him? Just with like being able to tap into people's emotions with simplicity and just fucking with them completely mm-hmm. and something in eyes wide shut. There, there's just, it's just very sim- simple, but when he, I, I don't know if you've seen it, uh, if you've, okay. Yeah. He's <laughs> just that, just that part where Tom Cruise is now in the giant mansion and he's wearing the mask and someone knows 
who he might be. I, there's just things Ugh. in that movie that just irked me just, just mm-hmm. to my core. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll say it's completely on the air. I've never stumbled, stumbled upon like a sex cult in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> but there's just themes in that movie. Like, again, just like kind of these just things that happen, you know, in your thirties and forties that shake you to your core a little more mm-hmm. that scare you rather than, you know, the killer with the bloody knife or the monster under the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, See, that's what that's what I love, though. I love the illicit response. I love when you can watch something and you feel something like curdling and nodding and bubbling inside you where you're just like, this is wrong. Like so- something about what I'm watching is just not right. I I think that's more. Yeah, I think that's the older we get. Like, you know, we don't want the monster to jump out at us. I just like want to be uncomfortable. I know that sounds <laughs> weird, but I just want to. Yeah, I just I'd rather have a movie that just leaves me like, like this something wrong is happening. Right and now. and then you grab like your closest friend, and you're like, I gotta show you this. Like <laughs> and then you watch them and they can't make any sense of it. And it just becomes like an awful train of like traumatizing people through film. I just showed um my some of my closest friends um the original martyrs for the first time. Um scary. <laughs> And I wish I could have like filmed all of their reactions. Um, I, I would say every 20 minutes they were looking over at me like, what did you just put on? What and what's wrong with you? Oh man. Um last question on the genre, just because it's very big on this show. People people say I should just switch this to a horror movie show, but um maybe that'll be a different show. But uh like are you constantly kind of there's the term like chasing the dragon. Are you constantly now seeking out something that's could you need something new to shock you? Basically. Are you constantly in search for that? Or have you just kind of given up and gone with the go with the flow? Um, I would say in the last couple of years, I I've definitely, I've resorted to a lot of films I've already seen. Um, and I think it's just everything going on in the world recently, like having comfort movies is nice. Um, I, I would say the amount of movies I've watched last year is probably very low, um, in the sense of new films, at least. Um, so there, there is an element of wanting to watch things that are kind of giving me that rush, but then there's, I don't know, there, there's things too that I, I look at and just having some semblance of like optimism as well. Um, like. I think pig that came out that was a Beautiful. phenomenal film. And yeah. I, I love, I love that movie. Um, and I really wanted to see, come on, come on. That was another great movie, not horror films, obviously, but I think I want movies to move me in a way that, um, I know some movies can't, um, because then I know it's just an overall good story, at least a good story for me. I, I can't say overall, but at least for me, it's good. Yeah. No, pig was, uh, I, I went in blind cause I, I missed it in theaters when it was in select theaters and uh, th- that's just a perfect three act movie. And I think I have some friends who I'm not going to say their names on the air, but they <laughs> listen to the show, but they were just like, I didn't get it. I didn't get, and I was like, dude, I think you just like, you really want, you, you wanted Nicolas Cage to go in and start killing people again for mm-hmm. his, you wanted a John Wick movie. You wanted Mandy. 
And maybe I kind of did too, but like once I kind of settled in about 20, 30 minutes and realized like what the message is, what the message is really trying to come through the screen, it was just so moving and just, it was was one of the most beautiful films I've seen maybe in the past five years. And I mean, Mm -hmm. I, I love the Pacific Northwest too. Like I've never been out there. I've only been out to Cali, but um, I just feel like that's it was a very beautiful setting and a lot of movies are being mm-hmm. shot out there. So um, cool. Uh, I want to talk about now why I kind of brought you here. Uh, you just launched a new website. Um, uh, I think January 1st, you guys launched uh, Phaser. Yes, a website. Um, just give me the elevator pitch on the air right now. <laughs> like what's what's your why'd you what made you put this piece together (laughs) (laughs) who what when where um we have been called uh buzzfeed before they sold out um (laughs) we've also been called um a nerdy pop culture vice however that makes any sense um but i'll i'll take it um when we launched i was talking with one of my friends about it in a dm he's like i i liked your old website's name better but phaser's okay i'm like thanks man you know appreciate it um so i had been running ghoulish for three years um with a team of writers across the country um and throughout that time one of my friends uh aaron yara he lives up in uh, new york and him and I would help each other out with stuff. He would help me with like SEO website things. I would help him out with like some design and marketing stuff. And we would just kind of collaborate, work on stuff. Um, He was the first person to actually ever interview me. That's how we met. Um, He would do these call outs for interviews and like just starting the project, you know, I needed people to kind of come on and I responded and that's how him and I started talking. Um, And he's a great dude. Um, he, He definitely encouraged like, my further love of hip hop. Um, he's very analytical about everything he covers. Uh, he's just has, has a very well-rounded perspective. Um, so him and I worked throughout the three years of running ghoulish. Um, and he had two other websites as well. And him and I were struggling in our own sites where we were like, we want to develop these things and we want to turn them into full-time jobs. But, Um, And then we just kind of had that epiphany of like, why are we working twice as hard when we can be working together? Um, And so I want to say in August of 2021, Ghoulish went silent. Um, We basically went silent for like five months or so. And him and I came up with our partner agreement and we started uh, coming up with ideas. Um, Initially, Phaser, the name where it comes from, it was going to be a sister site for Ghoulish. It was going to be a video game sister site. Um, We're going to cover video games and technology. Um, And then he kind of pitched the idea, what if we turned it into like a merged site, kind of phase all of them in together. Um, And so it kind of took on that new meaning. So we merged Ghoulish, Effective Nerd, and Hype Crumbs, his two other sites, with Ghoulish. and worked on that for the better half of a year. And kind of the idea was for it to embody everything that we appreciate in our community, in art, um, and the content creators that we're lucky enough to call friends. So a lot of it covers like punk and horror films and hip hop um, and like comedy films and kaiju. And it's kind of all over the board, but it's, it's, it's a website that was kind of made for people like us. and after doing ghoulish for so long, 
I knew that there would be an audience for it for sure. Yeah, no, I, I dig the, uh, I dig the name. Not like anybody else who gave you any crap about it. But, <laughs> um, I definitely dig the name and I, I definitely think it's a, um, where am I going out here? I definitely think it's cool to integrate a lot of different things. I, I feel like people want to jump and criticize people for that, but for an entertainment website, you know, I kind of want to see, I mean, like, I, I don't want to know on your episode, on your, sh- I don't want to know on your website, what's going on in the, the real housewives of orange <laughs> County. I don't know if you have an article about it. I'm sorry, <laughs> but, but like from what I've just checked out, you guys seem to like really cover what, you know, fandom and you know the geek culture are really after and what they really like and the things i mean i noticed you guys do a lot of uh like top five top ten lists like Mm -hmm. those are those are personal favorites of mine i did (laughs) i did some pitching for whatculture.com a few years ago and got a few things up there anyway that's just my resume but like (laughs) what made you um what separates Phaser from like other entertainment websites besides kind of having these multiple things going on? Mm-hmm. I think there's definitely a core philosophy at the heart of Phaser that is going to take a couple years to unravel. Um, I firmly believe that the internet can be a great place. Don't get me wrong. It just hasn't proven a great place for uh, civil discourse. Um and people have found communities on the internet, but still people are lonelier and more depressed than they've ever been. Um, and so what I've always wanted to do with my projects is use it as a platform for bigger things. And I think later down the road, one of the big things we really want to implement is kind of blending that physical and digital space and not in the metaverse or any kind of weird NFT way. <laughs> like um, it really like, hosting events and getting people together and putting down their phones. I sound like such a grandpa, no. um, but, but, but we're, <laughs> we're, addic- we're addicted to them. We're addicted to the internet. We're addicted to doom scrolling. Um, we live in an age of information where there's so much happening all at once and we just can't take it. Um, and so kind of creating that personable bond again about just sharing shit that we like. Um, I think that's at the core heart of it and encouraging the people that want to make the art that they want to make. Now I've noticed a lot of, and this is obviously maybe a long-term goal, if it even is a goal for you guys, but um, I see like a lot of these websites like vice, like Buzzfeed, like, I don't even know who else like news websites. They're like producing like films and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, do you, would you want to maybe take something like that and, phaser's direction at least five ten years down the road maybe oh if if i had dumb money to spend absolutely i uh i have a couple movie ideas of my own i would love to make someday um i have friends that are writing scripts for projects now i mean and all the talented people that i've met uh online i mean it's definitely a possibility we leaving the door open for it for sure okay cool (laughs) <laughs> oh man because i got some things to pitch no i'm just kidding hell yeah <laughs> um you seem to what do you like contribute most to the website like with the stuff you like and whatnot like what kind of topics do you go after most of all mm-hmm. for phaser um so sometimes we write 
like I'll I'll if it's a slow news day, we'll we'll cover just kind of whatever breaking news stuff is out. Um, we'll host a lot of the like creator conversation stuff where we interview like smaller independent creators of like illustrators and podcasters and and people who are just kind of really getting their foot in the door who need um, who need like a bump, you know, mm-hmm. and so that's something that we're always looking at doing. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love horror movies, but I can't write about horror movies all the time. So having, having phaser to kind of write about some other things, um, is nice. And so being able to sometimes like write about food or write about like a cool Halloween playlist we made or, or something like that or whatever, you know, writing about a new album release, whatever it is, like bringing those passions to the forefront. Um, so I would say at least on my end, like writing contribution wise, it would probably be like food, music, and film. Nice. (laughs) Orlando's got a lot of like a big food. I I don't know. Maybe it's just every city does, but like Orlando, I feel like has like a huge food truck community. And I feel like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anybody can go on international drive and find some fancy smancy chain restaurant. Mm -hmm. But um, I was just at, um, sorry, people who aren't in Florida. But I was just at uh, the porch in Winter Park. Oh, nice! Yesterday. Oh my god, it's been like a few years since I've been there. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tin and Taco also. Nice. <laughs> um, but no, that's cool. I I wanted to ask you one of my last questions here. Um, I'm just again referencing your Instagram, but you have a uh, you have a photo you posted that's like a mug for Phaser Media, uh, mm-hmm. and there's a slogan called "More Than a Subculture." Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you, I, I just think it's kind of cool. I just thought it was a cool little catchphrase, but how did you, how did that come to your mind? How, how'd you think of that? Um, so a lot of the things that we love Aaron and myself, uh, like hip hop and horror movies and, um, you know, like cooking and stuff like that. A lot of it has often been seen as kind of like an underground thing. It's not like a mainstream interest, like only weirdos watch horror movies or like, you know, you can never play like the type of hip hop you want on like the radio. Like it, it's always been kind of like pushed into the background of like mainstream zeitgeist stuff. And so we were thinking like in the, in the age of the internet, right? There are no more non-mainstream things everything is so interconnected there are niches within niches Mm. um where like i could i could say like there's a internet kaiju community that didn't exist probably 20 years ago the fact that like kaiju fans now have a place where they can meet and then they have their own zine and um you know youtube channels that they can go to and like there's so many people thirsty for content um but have that now and have that opportunity to kind of feel seen um, and have the content that they that they really want. So more than a subculture is almost in reference to the communities online um, whose interests were kind of put aside for uh, what was deemed as popular. But now with like the internet melding a lot of that, anything can be popular. I mean, you know, we we have famous breakout shows that people were crowdfunding, then they got picked up by film distributors. There's there's people that are making their own movies and doing their whole like careers from YouTube, just from, you know, like Marcus Brownlee, right? Like he started reviewing, I think like a like a 
computer mouse um, when he was like 12 years old. And now he's like the biggest tech YouTuber, um, which wasn't like a career, right? When he was, when he first started, when he was a kid. It, it's wild that we live in an age where there's a community for everyone. So more than a subculture is kind of our, our tagline uh, for Phaser because it, it should embody the things that we care about that weren't once popular in a way. Yeah. Excellent. Um, for like anything kind of upcoming, like what, at least in 2022, I know I gave you a question about a long-term goal, but like, at least for this year with launch year, what are some big things maybe to expect out of the website content wise or just anything? Mm -hmm. Um, we moved some of the podcasts over that were on the ghoulish network to phaser. Um, so Gargantucast, our kaiju podcast, is definitely coming back. Um, we're, we have a sci-fi podcast that we're still producing, sci-fi film podcast. Um, and then our um, classic horror movie podcast, we're still sorting out. Um, and then Aaron and I really want to start making video stuff. Um, so that could be a possibility too, making kind of hitting the, the YouTube scene. So we, we got to settle on that and figure out things internally. But as for now, that's kind of what we're looking at in our first year. Nice. And is there, I don't know, let me just throw this out there. Is there anything that you can or can't talk about outside of phaser that you might be working on or are you just knee deep in this thing? <laughs> um, I know I people know. have I, different I, we... side projects. I just thought I'd ask. <laughs> No, it's okay. Um, you know, we, like I said earlier, we always leave the door open for possibility. So um, what a, what we always try and do is kind of leave it open for collaboration. So there could be some events later on in the year, perhaps, that, you know, we're talking with people about doing that may or may not happen. So um, who knows? <laughs> All right. No, I dig it. I dig it. Um, let's, let me just ask if we want to track you down, uh, follow you on the socials, where can anybody find you and phaser by the way? Yeah, of course. Um, if you want to follow me, I'm really only on Instagram. Um, I'm at am Darrington D E R I N G T O N. And then of course you can follow my partner, Aaron Yara. I think he's still at effective nerd. And then you can follow the website um, fa at Phaser Media. I think that's the tag for all of our social handles. And uh, yeah, shoot us a DM. Say hi. We're, we're happy to talk nerdy with you. And I don't know, do it, meet you. All right. Well, Anthony, it was nice to meet you. This was, uh, this was super cool. Thank you for saying yes to coming on the show. Yeah. Thanks so much for um, following the work and, and thinking of us and, giving us a chance to, uh, to come on. I'm, I'm glad I was able to, to get to meet you as well and be a, be a part of your world. Yeah, no, it's, uh, we just, I just, I keep saying we like it, this is a, one -man, <laughs> this is a one man production. I, I say it in like the Instagram posts and all that shit. Like <laughs> today we have like, no, I did. I did the goddamn interview. <laughs> I'm doing the post-production editing on all the episodes. So if something sounds bad, it's on me, but no, I, I just kind of like to get people in the creative world on this show. I talked to a lot of filmmakers, talked to a lot of producers, actors, writers, 
but I've never really talked to somebody who runs a website. So this is, this was kind of new for me. This was kind of cool. And, you know, again, I don't know if the label works for you, but you just seem like an all around positive pop culture enthusiast. So, um, yeah, no, thank, thank you for this. Come thank, thank you for coming on. This is, this has been great. I will continue to follow phaser. It is an awesome website. I've clicked on a lot of articles on it since their launch, Maybe I'll buy some merch. I don't know. I'm on a, <laughs> no, I I will. But like, hey, I, maybe maybe you won't have to. Who knows? If if oh. uh, I can convince you to grab a beer or something sometime, there might be a a mug or a sticker or something in your future. Look at that. Send up a bro date on the air of <laughs> basement. Um, on that note, you all take care. Have a great uh, have a great rest of your week, and uh, don't forget to leave a rating and a review on this podcast. Take care, everybody.